bring the action. When you hear this in the club, you're gonna turn the shit up. You're gonna turn the shit up. You're gonna turn the shit up. When we up in the club, all eyes on us. All eyes on us. All eyes on us. See the boys in the club. They're watching us. They're watching us. They're watching us. Everybody in the club. All eyes on us. All eyes on us. All eyes on us. I wanna scream and shout and let it all out. And scream and shout and let it out. We saying oh, we are, we are, we are. We saying oh, we are, we are, we are. I wanna scream and shout and let it all out. And scream and shout and let it out. We saying oh, we are, we are, we are. You are now, now rocking with. My love of that song is so not ironic. It is so real. Again, as we've discussed many times on The Brian Oak Show, by the way, thank you too for tuning into The Brian Oak Show from the Smart Start MN Studio, the Brian Oak Show World Headquarters, if you will. Um, you don't get to pick what you love, and I don't love every overproduced dance club hit, but damn do I love that song by Will I Am of Black Eyed Peas and Britney Spears, even though she uses a terrible fake British accent throughout the entire song. That is a mother bleeping banger. By the way, my name is Brian Oak. It is episode 48. Thank you very much for tuning in to The Brian Oak Show. I'm here along with my friend, my cohort, my business colleague and producer, Sean Bernard. Sean, you holding up? I am holding up. Yeah, we got some new art in the studio today, thanks to our friend Tim Mahoney. Tim Mahoney, who's been a guest on the show before, and I've known for many years, and I know you know him closer than I do. It You told me there was new art in the studio, and it is a painting of the replacements, the cover of the replacements classic 1984 album, Let It Be, which again was defining for my youth. What you didn't tell me, you sent me a text saying, hey, we'll move it when I get there. You didn't tell me that someone had painted it directly onto a four by eight piece of plywood, which is almost as big as the room. Well, Tim had done some Facebook Live and he had it as a backdrop. And I I thought, oh, this thing's probably, I thought like maybe five feet by three feet as an example. Sure. Nope, it's four by eight. It absolutely is. And it is massive. However, I love it. Whoever did it did a great job. And it is absolutely a centerpiece and a conversation piece. Just back to the start for just a second, that club song, it, it reminded me that I was never cool enough to be the guy, maybe one time in my entire single life. To stare a woman down on the dance floor. Ooh. You know, just stare them down like that song's yeah. going on. You just start kind of getting oh. the shoulders going and yeah, just yeah. really looking at them and reeling them in. Nope. Didn't work. <laughs> I just knew I didn't have that game. So I, I've never had that game in my life. In fact, I, my entire life, I've never been good at talking to women. Like, unless they were kind enough to take pity on me, it wasn't going to happen. And um, it happened a few times, but not not often. Not not often enough. But going to the club, I didn't ever have the clothes. But at one point, I did grow my hair down to past the middle of my back. Oh, I used yeah. to have a thick, rich. Yep. Eddie I remember Vetter, the like, main back in like 94. Yeah. And um, I uh, um, that worked. Like, if you're out there on the dance floor, like, I'm not even looking at women. I'm not staring them down. I'm not trying to make it happen. You do your own thing, and all of a sudden you look up, and there's a woman dancing in front of you, and you're oh, like, oh, that's the best. Here yeah. it comes. Here I did have that happen at a concert once. It was kind of cool. Like, some woman just started dancing with me at a nice. concert. It was great, yeah. When we have Jason Nagel 
on the show. Oh, we have to. Point. Oh, we're for sure going to. Yeah. I need him to tell his Tori Amos story, and he's going to hate that I brought it up. Oh, no. It is the Brian Oak Show. This is episode 48. Before we move forward, I want to take one small look back to the last episode, episode 47, where you and I, as we continue our checking in series here on the show, we check in with all kinds of people, local musicians, local business owners. There are so many people who are in a weird spot right now, and even if you're not those people, even if you can still work from home, this is a weird time to be alive and try to figure out what the next day looks like, let alone what the afternoon looks like after your morning starts. These are weird times. We continue our checking in series here on The Brian Oak Show. The most recent episode, episode 47, we talked to both Sean's mom and my mom, and the response has been overwhelming. Now, I know there are a lot of people out there who maybe you've lost your mom, or maybe you didn't have a great relationship with your mom. Sean and I are both lucky enough to, through all the ups and downs, still have moms who are alive and have good relationships with them. That was, I went back and listened to it yesterday, and it was delightful. Yeah, it was fun. I listened to it with my uh, my wife and my son for a little bit. Just, I said, you got to hear Grandma, and then you got to hear Judy Oak a little bit on here, and they both said the same thing. I said, that was so much fun. Like, the stories were great, and, and we didn't know what they were going to tell ahead At of all. time, so it was pretty fun to hear that. I should say it's my mom's birthday tomorrow, the what? 17th. Happy birthday, I mom. I failed to mention you know her birthday uh, when we were on the podcast, but and hopefully she won't hear this, but uh, Tim, <laughs> Tim Mahoney and I are going to, she lives in a uh, four-story apartment building, and she lives on the third story. Tomorrow we're going to be six feet apart, but we're going to belt out a few songs to her on her birthday from down below. Way to spoil the surprise, Sean. Well, we're not live. No, I know. But, you know, after after the excitement and the response from the last episode, she's going to be listening. Well, it's going to take some training to show her how to actually listen to a podcast. So <laughs> <laughs> I can wait until then. I just want to say thank you again to everyone who yeah. reached out about that episode because it meant a lot to Sean and I just on a personal it level, did. even if nobody listened. Yeah. And it meant a lot to our moms. And it's just um, these are un usual times to say the very least i'd also like to take this opportunity to thank our patreon members i know that times are financially difficult for a lot of people we've been able to retain almost all of our patreon supporters through this time thus far we lost a few but that's understandable i'm not making any money right now either other than this cash flow podcast that you and I are cooking up <laughs> Doing right better here. better than most, man. But we got a brand new Patreon supporter today, yep. so just thank you everybody who's been on board and continues to stay on board, continues to listen, to promote, to amplify, to subscribe. That's how we do it. And so thanks to Smart Start MN, thanks to AudioQuip.com, thanks to Busters on 28th. We'll talk more about all of them coming up very shortly, but I think we should get to some music before we talk about today's guest. Well, I'll mention today's guest, and then we'll get to some music. Eric Perkins, uh, longtime Twin City sportscaster. Yeah, is sportscaster a word? Yeah, it is. I mean, it, people, I don't people use it as much as they used to. <laughs> okay, sports broadcaster. Yeah, sports aficionado. Sure. But Eric Perkins, who works at Care Eleven, has done morning radio in the Twin Cities. Has been around for. My God, I mean, I, I think he started doing Perkett Play about the same time I started doing radio. He's been around for well over 20 years. He's he's a really, even if you don't give a crap about sports, he is a good guy. He's a dad. He's dynamic. He is kind. I Well, we'll talk more about that coming up in just a bit. But Eric Perkins is going to be our guest today, and he's picked out some excellent songs. But before we talk to him, which we'll do just ahead, I wanted to play a song that, um, you know, we've all had a lot of time to ourselves, right? Mm-hmm. 
And this song was actually inspired to me about uh, by our most recent podcast because in this song, the main singer, the songwriter, talks about the importance of his relationship with his mother. And it's not the primary part of the story. In fact, it's sort of an auxiliary thing that he mentions, but... I'm still not entirely cool with, and I guess I'll never be cool with it, but I'm still not entirely over the death of John Prine, singer-songwriter who died of, passed from complications from coronavirus. Now, granted, he was in one of the highest at-risk categories, to be certain. Um, Cancer survivor, older, but again, his legacy cannot be unwritten, and he remains one of the great American songwriters of the 20th century, without question. That's not up for debate. You don't have to dig his music, but he mattered as much as just about anybody. And when he passed, Jason Isbell, formerly of Drive-By Truckers, mm-hmm. and for, I don't know, more than 13 years has been his own solo artist, got sober, found his new direction, and in my opinion has become, he wrote on Twitter or somewhere that like, okay, now there's a vacancy for greatest American songwriter that's still alive. And I believe that Jason Isbell, if not the greatest, is absolutely in that conversation.
Jason Isbell from his most recent record, The Nashville Sound, which came out in 2018 and frankly was, or pardon me, 2017. Wow, that long ago. It's such a good record. It. I'm not. I'm not being hyperbolic when I say that he might be the best American singer-songwriter right now. Now, as I mentioned on previous shows, Brandy Carlisle right up there with him, and I know there are a lot of other very talented people out there, but the Nashville Sound is a record that I never get tired of, and it turns out he's got a brand new album coming out in a month, Reunions. It's coming out May 15th of this year, which ideally we will be out of the house at that point, but don't hold your breath. Uh, he's one. He's one of my favorites. I I liked the Drive By Truckers, but I absolutely love his solo uh, work. And Sirens of the Ditch, and you know his self titled record. They both had good stuff on there. Here we rest. But with Southeastern, he began to carve this new persona. I think that's also where he got sober. And as you mentioned very very appropriately earlier, Sean, a lot of artists when they get sober, they stop being interesting, which is a terrible thing to say. <laughs> but he instead turned into an insightful and impossibly powerful songwriter really really good at what he does and married to amanda shires and she's no slouch herself she's fantastic oh with the high women along with brandy carlisle and others oh my god so so good so if you're looking for something to listen to and you're bored out of your mind after you're done with this show and we're going to check in with eric perkins shortly go find the high women and go find jason isbel and dig back through his catalog because damn it's good it is the brian oak show episode 48 made possible because here we are in the smart start mn studio smart start mn what is exactly that they do well they help get you back on the road after an unfortunate mistake that you made and that would be driving while under the influence you shouldn't do that but it happens to a lot of people and maybe not you maybe your brother maybe your cousin brother you've been watching too much tiger king no i'm talking to the people in stearns county Uh, we need listeners there (laughs) yeah i know and it'll be fine but they that this actually probably hits pretty close to home they probably have a, a cousin brother or two that actually needs this service what do they do they put an ignition interlock system into your car what does that mean well if you get a dui it's going to be expensive it's going to be difficult and there's going to be a lot of hoops to jump through you are going to need to be able to get back on the road at some point whether it's getting back to work whether it's getting your kid to javelin lessons whatever the case may be you <laughs> need to be back on the road and then get you back there faster than you would imagine and for less than you might imagine what is the best way that both benefits smart start mn and benefits the brian oak show sean well the way they can tell that the i know that particular lead came from us go to smartstartmn.com slash the brian oak show if you don't have a pen handy and you just want to make it easy go to brianoakshow.com and click on the smart start mn banner it'll take you there and you'll get 20 percent off the uh, ignition interlock installation. I was recently, uh, well, not recently, every day, all damn day, looking at the internet and looking at the number of small and local businesses in my community that are struggling right now. And no matter where you're listening from, the businesses in your community are doing the same thing. They might be bookstores. They might be nail salons. They might be anything. But restaurants, many, many, many local restaurants are still doing curbside pickup and doing it in a safe and approachable manner. And they need your support. Another primary sponsor here on The Brian Oak Show is Buster's on 28th in Southeast Minneapolis. Now, you don't have to live in the area to go there, but I would encourage you to give them a shot because I promise you, 
You go there. You try some of the. Well, first of all, take a look at the food. Busters on twenty eighth dot com. So good. Try take. I mean, you and I have both been there a few times mm-hmm. in the last week or so. Yeah. You take a look at what they're doing there and go and try it. And if you hate it, well. Call Sean and let him know how disappointed you are. But Aww. you won't be won't be disappointed. <laughs> I promise you. It's three blocks from my house. They're one of my favorites. And the fact that they signed on during this ridiculously uncertain time, I'm very thankful for. So you should go there. If you get a chance to talk to John, great. If you get a chance to talk to anybody else there, they're doing a good job and they're working their butts off. And they used to only be open for a couple hours during the midday and a couple hours at night. Now they're available from about 11 till about 8, I think, are the hours. I haven't yep, checked recently. Curbside to go. Curbside to go. Busters on 28.com. My thanks to them. Now let's talk to today's primary guest, a guy that I've met a few times over the years. But the last time I saw him face-to-face, that jaunty smile, those piercing blue eyes, <laughs> the last time I saw him face-to-face was when the Super Bowl was in town. They shut down all of Nicollet Mall because this was the big one. And Care 11 had put up this amazing on-site studio right downtown. He's a sportscaster. He's a dad. He's a radio guy. He He's actually just a really warm and decent and funny person. Eric Perkins. Eric, how are you, man? What's going on, Brian? How are you, sir? I'm okay. I just, I don't have dimples like you do. I don't have hair as good as you do. Um, but I'm hanging in there just like everybody else. And I hope life is treating you okay. So, you know, you, before we talk about what it is you do and what your life looks like right now, what it's like to be a dad with kids who can't play their sports, where are you from? Where did you, where were you born and where did you grow up? Well, first, let's get one uh, before that. Like when you talked about my hair, I- I'll let you know that today I gave myself my very first COVID <laughs> YouTube-assisted haircut, and wow. I- I- I'm the first to admit that I am I'm really having some second thoughts right now. I've been looking in the mirror like every every five minutes, I check myself out to make sure oh. I didn't butcher too badly, and I'm I'm anxious to see if there's any feedback. On Carol of the News at six tonight. I'm, I'm I'm a little wary. Where where if someone wanted to see that YouTube video, where would they, how would they find it best? Because I'm interested a in seeing it. B if you use scissors or clippers or a flow B, how would I find that video right now? Oh my gosh, I'm not even gonna say. But do they still <laughs> do they still make flow B's? Do they still even make are flow B's still a thing? And if they are, I, I gotta get my hands on one. EBay. I don't know, but the, it was uh, it was. <laughs> It was a it was a venture, perhaps ill guided, but doggone it, so necessary. As you know, I, I I don't know. We're just kind of like we're faced to do some weird things during this time. It's, I'm sorry that you missed out. I'm sorry that you missed out on the Flowbee revolution and didn't get one when it first came <laughs> I, around. It, it, Sorry. Um, yeah. No, hey, no, you don't have to apologize to me. You have a viewing public. I have a listening public. They don't care if I look like I was hit in the face with a shovel. You have an <laughs> image to maintain, my good man. Uh, Eric Perkins is our guest. Eric, where were you born and where are you from? Uh, so the, where I'm where I'm born is completely different from where I'm from. I was actually born in Hong Kong, of all places. Uh, my dad, who is uh, a longtime television broadcaster for NBC News was covering the Vietnam War and and uh, and was in Saigon specifically. And so he holed us up in Hong Kong, uh, which was sort of a safe haven at the time. And and uh, and uh, that's where I was born when I was two. He got transferred out to Burbank Studios uh, in Los Angeles. And so that then I grew up in Los Angeles. So I'm a I'm a I'm a Cali boy. 
Southern Cal, uh, ended up going to Pepperdine University uh, out in Malibu, California. Um, and then, and then from that point decided to myself, uh, enter the broadcasting fold. And Eric, your dad was a legendary TV broadcaster. I'm sorry that you lost him in this last year, right? Yeah. Thanks for saying that. Okay. I, it was, it was, I've never been through any kind of grief like that in my yeah. life, but, uh, my dad, uh, passed away. Um, and, and it was just, it was just brutally tough and, and, and horrible. And I, I, but I was so, so fond of him and we were so close and I, I'm, I'm so thankful that I had the time, especially in the 11th hour to, to be with him down in, at his home in Florida with mom. And, and, uh, it was, it was a, a special time to say goodbye, but, but, uh, yeah, he was, he was, he was sort of a, a legend in the business and, and, uh, worked on, on nightly news for decades and and then um sort of morphed out of that uh left los angeles they moved from la uh, to bar harbor maine of all places mm. i think they tried to get as geographically far from <laughs> la as they possibly could and they ended up they ended up in maine and where and then and then biography uh which was a show on a and e yeah uh reeled him back into the business kind of called him out of retirement and then he started doing that and he did that for about nine years mm. and uh and that was super successful and uh and then he kind of shut it down and, and moved to florida and uh and and lived that life so it 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 was it he was definitely a, a role model growing up um but also sort of a confidant and an advisor oh, and was able to give me such tutelage over the years mm. that I really soaked up like a sponge and I'd send him tapes all the time uh before we just had email links and all that stuff you know I would send him VHS copies yeah. of my work and he would he would critique them and and he was he was brutally honest and <laughs> and I and through that I was able to kind of really kind of hone my craft and and sort of develop my own style which is kind of what he he always urged me to do not try to be, you know, a, a clone of him, but, but to try to kind of carve out my own niche and be really authentic to myself. And, and over the years, I, I think that I've, I've done that to a large degree. So yeah, I, I just hold him in such high regard. And, and, uh, and that's what, that was sort of my, my blueprint in this business. Although, um, it took, it took a lot of interesting turns. I went from, I started, uh, uh, interning at CNN in Atlanta, hmm. But I didn't. But I wasn't in in sports at that time because there were no internships in sports available. So I I actually interned in the graphics department. <laughs> <laughs> I I built those over the shoulder graphics that were over <laughs> the anchors' shoulders for uh, for about six months, and then I got a, a job on an auto racing show in Atlanta, and then I uh, and then I learned of a job of a, the weekend sports anchor job in Tupelo, Mississippi. Thank you very much. Did you take the job in Tupelo? I, I most certainly did. Excellent. Uh, I, 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 yeah, I was one of 10 finalists, and I realized that uh, I never would have gotten the job unless I drove there in person. So I drove, I drove to Tupelo, and oh, my gosh, that was eye-opening. Uh, but, but, uh, <laughs> but you know what? They, had, they, they covered the SEC because, like, Tupelo – you know, Mississippi State and Ole Miss were both in the viewing area, so there was a lot of good sports to cover, and and it turned out to be a great first job. And in those first jobs, you do everything: you shoot, you edit, you mm -hmm. you write, you you produce your own stuff. You, you you know, you set up the the camera and and set up a, a light stand to where you would be standing, so you focus in on the light stand, and then you go over walk and stand where the light stand was, and then you you know, shoot your own stand up. <laughs> It was like that kind of thing where yeah. it was just a complete one man band situation. And then 
Um, from that point on, I, I continued to follow my Elvis path and went to, to went to Memphis and I got a job uh, in Memphis and I worked there for a few years before finally coming here. And by the way, uh, I'm going to take that one step further and, and, and say that I have the same initials as Elvis too. So there you, go. <laughs> you, do. you do look at that. But you also, well, I was going to say you're close to Carl Parkins or Perkins, but um, we'll leave that alone. Um, <laughs> I, um, so you have had an interesting career like broadcasters do. You bounce around the country, you go different places. Apparently your parents yeah. tried to triangulate the entire United States <laughs> because they could not have lived at points further from one another <laughs> from all the places they went, but an amazing background. And I'm, I'm happy that your dad challenged you, you know, like you know, doing 25 years of radio myself. The most dreaded moment is the air check where you sit down like, let's listen to the show and see what you did good and see what you did bad. And you're like, Oh, son of a bitch. But, right. it, it, but it's the, it's the way you get better. So you come up here after doing all that news. Why it was just was sports. What was available? Have you always loved sports since you were a kid? Why sports? Totally loved sports as a kid. Uh, played just about everything under the sun uh, for a long time, but just was never good at anything frankly. And, uh, and like, as is the case with so many sportscasters, they're either ex jocks who, who are, who are now like, you know, doing the broadcasting thing or they're, or they're guys that weren't good enough to be jocks that, that, that clings on to the next best thing. And that was my route. I, I just, I loved sports. I wanted to be near it. I wanted to be uh, talking about it and, uh, and I wanted to be immersed in it. And this job, thankfully has allowed me to do that in spades. We're going to get to your first song here momentarily, but before we do that, we are talking to Eric Perkins, Care 11 sportsca- Sportscaster, an okay word. Is that a word we use? I don't think it's too derogatory. You know, I think <laughs> I'm, I'm okay with that. It's worse, right? <laughs> as long as you're cool with it, I'm cool. I just I don't know really what the right word is. So before we get to your first song, because every guest who comes on the show gets to pick a song or two. Um, where can people see you on the regular and where on social media is the best place for people to find Eric Perkins? Uh, Monday through Friday, care 11 news at six and 10 and all over the care 11, uh, online and digital platforms as well. Uh, and then personally, uh, my social media can usually be found, um, whether it's Instagram, Facebook, uh, Twitter, uh, TikTok, for crying. they got us doing everything. But um, yeah, uh, yeah, that's my handle is usually at Perkins Light. So okay. that out. Very good. So the first song we're going into here is a Steely Dan tune. Is that correct? correct? Yeah. And so uh, again, to me on this show, there's nothing. You don't have to be cool. You don't have to be interesting. I just want to hear music that people love. But I also want to know why. Why do you love this song? I just I, I I was introduced uh, to Steely Dan back in seventh grade, and to me at the time it was so different and and so shockingly polished and and the musicianship was was so good and and the studio technicality that they, they that they employed was was phenomenal and and second to none in my opinion and I still believe that and um, Asia was the first album. I ever owned and black cow obviously was so prominently featured on that. And it was just, I don't know, uh, Steely Dan opened the door to so many other than like, I, I think was sort of like you know, the infancy stages of, of what we now uh, consider yacht rock and, and <laughs> yacht rock is my, I, I absolutely adore uh, to this day and, and listen to almost incessantly. And, and uh, I think Steely Dan was the one that, that kind of shaped so much of my, my music kind of passions. 
Sounds to me like somebody smoked a lot of weed in junior high. <laughs> So, uh, I did, I promise. We, I no, did, I no, 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 More Eric Perkins just ahead on the Brian Oak Show.
That's a good one right there. Chosen by today's guest on episode 48 of The Brian Oak Show, Eric Perkins. It's called Black Cow by Steely Dan. And those opening strains, I'm like, I know that from somewhere. Now, I don't think I've ever heard that entire song before, maybe ever in my whole life. There was a song by Eric Guns and Tariq. Oh, man, I got to look it up here real quick because like, it, it's so iconic to me. Um Deja Vu by Lord Tariq and Peter oh, yeah. Guns, uh, that, and also MF Doom. Also, actually, I'm looking right now at the number of people who have sampled that song from one point or another. There's over 15 songs that have sampled that particular track by Steely Dan. Good choice by Eric Perkins, who we'll get back to in just a moment here. But before we do, another one of our sponsors on the show also happens to be my business partner, my friend and producer of The Brian Oak Show, one Sean Bernard, who sells real estate uh, for Edina Realty at 50th and France, that particular location. This seems like a weird time. People are locked down. I just stuck my head outside for a little bit of... fresh air and there's nobody on the streets and so it's hard for me to imagine that people are either a willing to go out of their house or b let other people come into their house but real estate is still happening even in this sort of unprecedented time yeah everybody's just being really careful uh right now so they're bringing gloves they're bringing masks they're bringing the purell uh, uh, with them. And so you're, you know, you're not going to buy a house without being able to see it. I can do virtual tours where I can walk through if you're not comfortable with walking through the place and, uh, do that. But you're, you're, you know, when you get to that point where you really want to make an offer, you have to go tour the home. We actually did a closing this morning at 9am and I didn't get to be there because they're not allowing realtors at closing. So there's plexiglass with the Adina realty closers. And they had that between our closer and, uh, my seller. So we got that done, but she, her, her name's Pam and she gets a, a one-year membership for two to the warming house on 40th and Bryant uh, for the entire year. And then I also make a donation to the warming house. That's part of what I do for anybody who buys or sells with Sean Bernard at Edina Realty. So give me a call 612-859-2594. You can text me at that same number, 612-859-2594. Did you ever see the made-for-television special with John Travolta called Boy in the Plastic Bubble? Yes, I did. Because I feel like that's the world right now. Like, I know that we oh, have to so do... Bad. so bad. Oh, it was terrible. And at the end, he just decided to go for it. Don't follow his lead. I mean, I'm glad he decided to go live his life at the end there and ride on the horse with his <laughs> girlfriend on the beach. But that was sort of an idealistic, silly 70s John Travolta thing. Right now, these are real times. These are dangerous times. That's why we continue our checking in series here on... The Brian Oak Show. Uh, Eric, I have uh, a couple. And now we're going to talk more about your sports-related career, what it's like for parents who have kids in sports. But I want to ask you, being a professional, being on the news every single day, I've been in TV studios before. You would never believe it if you haven't been in one. They're hectic, noisy places even during the broadcast. What's it like for you when you go into work? Yeah, it's chaotic. And if you're not used to it, it's... it's, uh... It's just like a whirlwind, um, but it is our reality, and we get so used to it and accustomed to it that it's that it's just it's so old hat. Um, but I think what what strikes me uh, about some of these studios that you go into is that how unbelievably small they look. Uh, I, I remember going to the Saturday Night Live set, and I was just like, "Oh my God, they do the whole oh, yeah. show on this set, right?" <laughs> and or even the audience size, or like Conan O'Brien does a show in this little yeah. corner or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's just it's it's staggering, and it just always seems so much bigger on television. 
and then you get in and you're either underwhelmed or, or maybe you're overwhelmed. I'm not sure, but where the, where the chaos I think really happens is in the newsroom. And that's where, you know, 90% of our work is done. And that's where all the producers and assignment editors and photographers and all, everybody kind of congregates and works together. And, uh, and that's where stuff really hits the fan when stuff's <laughs> going down. But, um, it's that, that's, uh, that's a, that's a beautiful chaos at times for sure. So how has it changed for you? Like, I mean, like, so you would go in there, like, I mean, I've, I've been in television studios, you know, a dozen times in my life and it's wild. Even when you're live, just how loud everyone else is in the room, but you can't hear it on the air and how distracting and crazy it is. But there's gotta be fewer people, right? Like, I mean, you guys are still, I mean, I'm not trying to like be like, Hey, you have to do social distancing, Eric. I'm just saying like, how, how has your day changed since this has all gone down? Well, I mean, thankfully, we have the technology nowadays to pull off what we're doing. And, and I think that, you know, 10 years ago, this would, be, this would have been so much more difficult. Oh, yeah. uh, but, but now, I mean, we're able to, I, I'm able to be in, in my wife's office, which is where I'm yeah. broadcasting from. And, um, I, and, and they set up a camera in there for me. I have a, what's called a TVU, which is a backpack that allows you to go live wherever there's a cell signal. And, uh, and then I have a microphone coming out and, uh, and on an IFB, which is, which is what goes in my ear so I can hear the producers and I can hear the on air. And, uh, and I don't have a monitor. I can't see the highlights. They have to tell me when we're in packages and when we're in VOs, mm-hmm. which is the voiceover and, uh, and all that stuff. And so uh, there's, there's a, there's a little bit of an archaic nature to it, but it's also just incredibly, um, uh, advanced uh, with the with the technology nowadays, and it's 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 super cool. And I can edit on my laptop, uh, which I do often, and I write all my stories in there. And it's just it, it we're self contained, and I, I think that it, what you're gonna maybe see out of this is is maybe more of this. I don't I don't know. I I think I think that I think what's happening now could reshape a lot of what we're. Uh, about to see do you know what i'm saying i'm not saying that we're going to abandon studios or or our regular workplace by any means but i do think that uh and not just this business but but so many others are going to rely so much more on on this teleconferencing and and uh and kind of remote world i couldn't agree more i have friends who work in both print media and broadcast media who they think that on the other side of this you know and hopefully sooner rather than later right everyone's fingers crossed but they think that the world that we look at moving forward and maybe not just confined to media but other you know uh, other professions the world is going to look different no matter what on the other side of this so a, a couple things i for sure want to talk about your podcast i for sure want to talk about kids in sports who are now suddenly stuck at home not only are they irritating their parents but their parents are irritating them (laughs) when they should be doing other things but i I just very quickly because i know this is not a sports podcast at all but obviously sports has been impacted i've seen a couple of you know european soccer matches where there's not one person in the stands and it's almost unwatchable like these guys are still serious athletes there's no question they're competing but there's just there's no vibe there. There's no there there for me when I look at that and I watch for five minutes. I'm like, Bleh. so for you, you know, doing what you do. And I know there are always going to be stories. Drafts will happen. Trades will happen. But if we don't know when we get back to whatever normal looks like on the far side of this, I mean, 
is the NHL canceling their season? Is there going to be an NFL season? Is the MLB going to try to do some sort of crazy weirdness? I mean, what does the future of professional American or international sports look like as briefly as you can? Yeah, I'm always an optimist and a glass half full kind of guy. So I sure hope that we can salvage a baseball season. That's my favorite sport to watch, at least. And I'd love to see us kind of get back to that at some point this summer and and not blow out the entire thing. Um, Hockey and basketball, I think, is going to be a a much taller order to finish and complete. Um, NFL, I'm still hopeful for. They are as well. I saw somebody from the World Health Organization throw out a stat that, that, that they don't see any any kind of live sports happening until fall of 2021. I think that's the other extreme is that, you know, is there being that much of a suspension to all this? I'm, I'm, I'm tending to believe that maybe late summer um, that, that we could see this all kind of ramp up again. But, but I, then again, I, I, I don't know. And that's, that's the, the uncertainty of this is the hardest part, I think. And, and it has to be for these athletes as well. And Eric, this is Sean here. You know, one of the cool things is just being friends with you on social media and watching how you interact with your kids. And that it's obvious that you learn from your father how to be a dad and you're active in their lives. And you have kids that play sports. I do, too. And it's something that I I was just kind of watching and noticing that you're kind of going through the same thing that I am. I have a son that was looking forward to varsity, you know, baseball in his junior year of high school really would have been his first year of varsity and poof, it may be gone. He was training all winter long. How are your kids handling uh, not being able to play sports right now. Yeah, I do feel I feel awful for these seniors, both in high school and yeah. in college, that that are kind of uh, dealing with what they're dealing with. Um, my kids are, you know, they're they're kind of upset by this, obviously. Yeah. And this is this is such, and this, we none none of us have ever done this before, so we can't really walk them through the emotions of how to handle all this. We just try to keep them upbeat, try to keep them active. Um, but yeah, we've had canceled. Uh, my goodness, my, my youngest girl is, is the hockey player and, and, and a soccer player. And the middle one is, is, uh, the big basketball yeah. player. And, and, and the oldest one is into all sorts of things. And, and all of them are, are just kind of like, okay, uh, I guess not. Um, so, so I think getting them off the screen, getting them out and about, and thank goodness the weather's turning to where we can go on bike rides and we can go on walks and we can still be, play basketball in the driveway. And what's cool is that like, I've, uh, as part of my job, um, have called for this highlights from home segment, mm-hmm. uh, where I've kind of solicited our viewers to, to, to send in videos of, of things that they're playing at home. So good, yeah. And my gosh, I can't even <laughs> tell you how inundated I've been with, uh, some of these uh, submissions and it's just, it's phenomenal. And I think I got, I got over 90 the other day and I just, oh and I, every night I put about eight or nine on the air and it's just, and I leave so many on the cutting room floor. I feel bad, but, but it's been awesome to see kind of the outpouring and and i think people are getting so stir crazy they want to be active so badly and uh and it's and it's hard it's hard i'll say this the only upside to no sports right now is that you as and as a parent sean you know this yeah you 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 save a lot of money (laughs) oh you save a lot of money and how about the time dropping them off to practices or in my son's case we'd have to drop them off an hour before the game would start and you're out in the middle of nowhere like well, I guess we're going to go see this small town that we're playing in right now. You just don't know what to do with yourself. But the weird thing is he finally got his driver's license. So I was looking forward to him taking one of the cars so I wouldn't have to drive him back and forth to all these things. Sure enough, the season gets canceled. But he's to his credit, he was bummed out for one day, and then he started lifting again. 
And he just said, I'm just going to be in shape. If they say that the season's going to start or have an abbreviated season, I'm going to be ready to go. And I just admired his tenacity. And he, he really wants to play college baseball. We're not sure he's there yet, but... But I just love that attitude. You know, it's okay to be upset about it and to be sad about it. But what are you going to do about it next? You know, uh, great to have that attitude. I think whether we're talking about uh, pro sports, college sports, prep sports, youth sports, it sucks for everybody. But you're still absolutely able to go in your backyard and stay active. There's social distancing. It may suck. You may miss your friends. You may miss that spirit of competition. Doesn't mean you can't do a little Zoom meeting and talk a little trash with your friends and then show a video like, look at this shot I just made. Oh, boom, over the over the back of the head, total just swish, nothing but net. I mean, there are still things to do, but I think it's important, especially for, you know, kids and younger people and even college age people, don't give up. Like this is this is weird for everybody. This is not okay, but also take it freaking seriously. Like the social distancing thing. It, it makes a difference as to whether or not we're done with this by the end of summer or whether we're done with this in a year and a half. Like, right. And maybe we're never done with it, but, but we have to, we have to take care of it before we go, Eric. And I'm sorry that our first yeah. conversation had to be over the phone. I need two things from you. One, first of all, a promise that even though you're a very busy man, one day you'll head to the smart start MN studios and come and join us here and do this live. I'd love that. That'd be I'd be honored. Yes, absolutely. All right. And so would I. And we we love your podcast, by the way. You've had some fantastic guests on there, including, you know, people like Matt Burke and uh, Marnie Gellner, who's smart as a whip and great. I actually happen to know Caleb Truax, so it was really cool that you did an interview with him. Who are some of the other guests that you really liked having on the show? Oh, I, I loved having Andrew Zimmern, who's oh, yeah. a friend on, and and I, I Ethan Casson, the CEO of the Timberwolves, joined us. Oh, and yeah. Rama Karate from Lifetime uh, was kind enough to be a guest, and Levi Lavallee, X Games gold medalist, mm. multi times over, uh, joined us as well. We, we've had some phenomenal guests. I think we've done ten in all in, in season one. We're kind of on a bit of a hiatus right now because uh, because we're we're trying to keep it on the face to face front Absolutely. with the, with the podcast podcast and and uh and it's hard now and so we're we're on a, a bit of a hold but uh you can find it it's called perket pod on all your uh on all your podcast you know platforms and all that stuff so be sure to give it a listen if you get a chance we've had some great guests perket play perket pod his name is eric perkins he's one of the best he's dynamic he's interesting and again i can't get quite past if you go to care11.com those piercing blue eyes <laughs> They are pretty blue. I'm not going to lie. No, no. I, look, man, I wouldn't have said it if I didn't believe it. All right. We're going to wrap things up here in just a second, but we will talk again to you soon. Thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, before we go, again, a thanks to Smart Start MN. A thanks to Busters on 28th. Thank you, Sean Bernard, very much. Dinah Realty. What's your uh, uh, contact info again? 612-859-2594. Also, thanks to AudioQuip.com, as in audio equipment, but AudioQuip.com. They're also another local small business who well basically they make their money on people being able to get out and use broadcast equipment and right now that's fairly stunted yes, <laughs> for it lack is. of a better yeah. term but there are ways you can help them get in touch with them and again thanks to everybody who's provided art help on our website our professional photography before we let you go eric uh you've chosen one final song to round things out with and you've chosen 
one of the bands that's ever existed that's had more than 45 members at a single time. You've chosen Earth, Wind, and Fire. Can I ask why you picked this song? <laughs> I adore Earth, Wind, and Fire. They're my favorite group of all time. I, you know, and, and I, I love R&B. I love Stevie Wonder. I love the Jacksons. But the, the Earth, Wind, and Fire is it for me. And this was my favorite song out of their entire, like, vast catalog um, R.I.P. Maurice White, but Philip Bailey and all those guys. They, this I, this song just makes me happy, and uh, and has, I've probably worn it out. It's on the uh, I think it's 1983 Electric Universe album, and it, it was it's just my favorite Earth on the Fire track of all time. Eric, thank you very much, man. You have a good one. Thanks to everybody who supports the Brian Oak Show, and here's Eric's pick: a little Earth, Wind, and Fire on the Brian Oak Show.